Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. On our 708th day together in the Word of God, we're back in the book of Isaiah for Isaiah 27. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word, living and active, full of truth, full of Christ, full of hope for your church. Write your Word on our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 27, in that day, the Lord, with his hard and great and strong sword, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. In that day, a pleasant vineyard, sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. I have no wrath. Would that I had thorns and briars to battle. I would march against them. I would burn them up together. Or let them lay hold of my protection. Let them make peace with me. Let them make peace with me. In days to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. Has he struck them? Has he struck those who struck them? Or have they been slain as their slayers were slain? Measure by measure, by exile, you contended with them. He removed them with his fierce breath in the day of the east wind. Therefore, by this, the guilt of Jacob will be atoned for, and this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin. When he makes all the stones of the altars like Chalk stones crushed to pieces. No ashram or incense altars will remain standing, for the fortified city is solitary, a habitation deserted and forsaken like the wilderness. There the calf grazes, there it lies down and strips its branches. When its boughs are dry, they are broken. Women come forth and make a fire of them, for this is a people without discernment. Therefore he who made them will not have compassion on them, he who formed them will show them no favor. In that day, from the river Euphrates to the brook of Egypt, the Lord will thresh out the grain, and you will be gleaned one by one, O people of Israel. And in that day, a great trumpet will be blown, and those who were lost in the land of Assyria and those who were driven out to the land of Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain at Jerusalem. Isaiah 27 in the word of God, hmm. in that day. So what day are we talking about? Well, it's the same day of salvation that we were talking about a couple of days ago when we were in Isaiah 26. And that day of salvation really begins with the incarnation of Christ coming into the world to bring salvation, to, to reconcile God and man in his own person and to be our Savior. And it's a day that extends until... Christ returns and brings a final end. So here, we've just talked about the resurrection, right? Look back at the very end of chapter 26. Um, and we find out that it's talking about resurrection. Chapter Verse 19 of chapter 26. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. And then verse... Um, 21, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. So we have, this is the end 
of this day of salvation, the consummation of the day of salvation, when Christ comes again to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the dead are raised, and God's redeemed are brought in to the new heavens and the new earth. In that day, the day of resurrection, the day of judgment, the Lord with his heart and hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan. Who's Leviathan? Well, this is a reference to Satan, the serpent, the dragon. Those are languages, words that are used for Satan. The serpent in the garden, the dragon of Revelation, is his Satan is going to be destroyed. He was already defeated when Christ came. In Christ's death and resurrection, Satan was thrown down from heaven from a place of access to God the Father because he was he's no longer able to bring accusation against the brethren before the throne of God because the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down by the by the death and resurrection of Christ who has sealed our redemption so Satan can no longer make accusation against you before God like he did to Job right that's over that era of history is done for. He's been defeated. He's been handed a final and, and ir, ir, um, irreversible defeat in the death and resurrection of Christ. But he's not yet been put to death. He's not yet been completely eliminated from polluting the earth. That is coming when Jesus comes again. When Jesus comes again, he will be punished forever in the lake of fire, as we learn about in Revelation. In that day, so we're again talking about this day of salvation. This is in that day. I have uh, diet green tea today, by the way. So in that day, this is a refrain back that we've heard a couple of times. It's this great day of salvation. The Lord has a pleasant vineyard and he is its keeper. This is talking about the church. The church is now the pleasant vineyard of the Lord, and the Lord keeps it, and the Lord waters it, and the Lord watches it. There is no wrath against the vineyard because all of that wrath has been poured out on Jesus Christ at the cross. And so there's no wrath against the vineyard anymore in that day of salvation. Now, later in the chapter, we're going to come back to what was then Isaiah's present day. So we're going to go back to before the in that day. And there is anger against God's vineyard Israel and their idolatry. But in this day, in the day of salvation, there's no more wrath because it was all poured out on Christ. So for the same reason that Satan cannot bring any accusation against you before the Father, is the same reason why the Father has no more wrath against you. That is because Christ has finished He's finished the work of redemption at the cross, and in his resurrection, we have a perfect living advocate with the Father, our mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. He took all the wrath of God upon himself, and he silences all the accusation of the enemy. And if you are a child of God, you are free, free from any fear of the wrath of God, free from any condemnation or accusation from the devil. And that is the truth. And God invites us to make peace with him through Jesus Christ, and we will live in that peace that he alone can give. And in the days to come, in that day, in days to come, which is talking about our present day now, verse 6, Jacob shall take root, Israel shall blossom, put forth shoots, and fill the whole world with fruit. The whole world 
every tribe, tongue, people, and nation will hear the gospel and will have people from within to come to Christ. We'll have a church presence. The kingdom of God will permeate like yeast permeates a loaf, like light penetrates the darkness. It doesn't mean the whole world's going to become Christianized, but it does mean that the gospel will thoroughly permeate all tribes, tongues, peoples, and nations, and so the whole world will be filled with fruit. Now, coming back to Isaiah's present day in verse 7, he asks, Has he struck them as he struck those who struck them? Or have they been slain as their slayers were slain? God has disciplined his people. He's made them subject to raids and defeat at the hand of the Assyrians. Later, they're going to be taken into the Babylonian captivity. But is is the punishment that God brought against his people the same as the punishment that he then brings against the Assyrians and then later against the Babylonians? No. No. God's discipline of his people is always measured, and he's sending them into exile. He's not eliminating them from being a people on the face of the earth. He's sending them into exile. Why? Because of the guilt of their idolatry. And in exile, Israel will learn to live without her idols. When the people of God return from the Babylonian exile and are resettled in the land, they never again make altars to false gods or Asherim or incense altars or pagan high places. They're finally broken of their idolatry. And that's what's being talked about here uh, in, in verse 9. But, but it's going to take exile to do that. It's going to take this desolation of of the city and of the countryside. It's going to take this just devastating loss, which is still yet future from Isaiah's day. It's going to come in the Babylonian exile. But then, after that, after the return from exile, that's when eventually Christ would come and he will take the gospel through the apostles and through the New Testament and through the preaching and the ministry and the missions that still goes on in the world today, he will take the gospel to the ends of the earth and people will know the Lord. So Isaiah 27 is overall a very positive message. What do we get from it today? We are living in the day of salvation. We are living in the in that day. We're awaiting the end of the day, the consummation, the return of Christ, the resurrection, the judgment, the final defeat of Satan. But we're living in this day when the gospel is going forward, and we should be committed to that. We should be absolutely committed to taking the gospel to all the nations, not because we think we're going to politically triumph over our enemies and be the champions. I don't think that's going to happen until Jesus returns, but because there is fruit, there is fruit to be born throughout the whole world for the glory of God in Christ Jesus. There are churches to be planted. There are converts to be won. There are praises to be sung. There are, There is a gospel to be preached to every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. That is our calling. That should be our driving passion. That should be what motivates us day by day. So let's follow the Lord in this great day 
of salvation. Today is the day of salvation, as Paul writes later um, in, in 2 Corinthians. Today is the day of salvation. Let's proclaim it. Let's live it. Let's rejoice in it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your Son to fulfill the promises that you gave. Every promise you made is yes in Christ. It's been kept. It is being kept, and it will be kept in Christ and in Christ alone. Help us to love Christ, live for Christ, and proclaim Christ with every fiber of our being. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That is Isaiah 27. Hope it was a blessing to you. Have a blessed day in the Lord.